Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. The throne of grace is a sacred experience. Psalms 33 verse 8 tells us, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Holy angels have been displeased and disgusted with the irreverent manner in which many have used the name of God, the great Jehovah. Angels mention that sacred name with the greatest awe, ever veiling their faces when they speak the name of God, and the name of Christ is so sacred to them that they speak it with the greatest reverence. True reverence for God, it's inspired by a sense of His infinite greatness and a realization of His presence. With this sense of the unseen, every heart should be deeply impressed. The hour and place of prayer are sacred because God is there. And as reverence is manifested in attitude and demeanor, the feeling that inspires it will be deepened. Holy and reverend is his name, the psalmist declares. Angels, when they speak that name, veil their faces. With what reverence then should we, who are fallen and sinful, take it upon our lips? Well would it be for young and old to study and ponder and often repeat those words of holy writ that show how the place marked by God's special presence should be regarded. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, he commanded Moses at the burning bush, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Jacob, after beholding the vision of the angels, exclaimed, The Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. The Lord is in his holy temple, and all the earth keeps silence before him. Habakkuk 2, verse 20 says, The Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him bless his name. And that was in Psalms 95 and Psalms 100, select verses. Now, I'm not sure if I can help us to be more aware of the reality of God, his power and greatness and presence. But at the end of our reading today and discussion, I prepared and recorded a very small recording with the sounds that Elijah heard when he spoke with God. And first there was the wind, the powerful wind, and then there was an earthquake, and then there was a roaring fire, followed by the still small voice. God was not in the wind or the earthquake or the fire, but it was around God because it displayed his power. Then he asked Elijah what he was doing there. At the end of this, just put your own name in there. I'm very cognizant of my puny efforts to reveal a little bit of God's power and presence I can only attempt a little and pray that God forgive me if I represent him poorly and that he would help you to realize his presence and power and how real it is in your life. No one will have to tell us to be humble or fear before him when he appears. We, like the men of old who fainted and fell on their faces, will do the same, for our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews twelve twenty nine says, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for God is a consuming fire, 
And I want to read to you Psalms 97, a couple of verses, maybe two or three. Bear with me while I pull it up. I've lost my place. Right, Psalms 97. I apologize for this. I should have been more ready. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies. His lightnings enlighten the world. The earth saw and trembled. The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. So David knew of God's greatness. While hearing this presence of God sounds, imagine the foolishness of one who demands that God heal someone or talks to him as though he were an equal or <laughs> um, dances and sings and hallelujahs and, and everything instead of showing the presence. When we are actually in the presence of God, we're going to be just like melted jello we read that holy angels have been disgusted and displeased with our irreverent manners. The hour and place of prayer, they're sacred because God actually comes to be with you for real, my friends. Putting off their shoes in God's presence by men in the Old Testament times was a sign of reverence and respect. There are times and places where only sons in the home had shoes, and slaves and others did not. And the poor, they did not. The father put sandals on the feet of the prodigal son when he came home to show that he was a son in the house. We are to approach God with the understanding that he is the one who will put shoes on our feet. We humble ourselves as his servants. It's similar to the custom of a man taking off his hat when entering a building or greeting a lady and taking our shoes off is in God's presence shows submissive respect. There was also a ritual of God's people in Old Testament times, the ceremony of the shoe. When entering into a covenant agreement, it was a sign of entering the covenant of our own free will and choice and faith that God will fulfill his part of the agreement. You read about it in the book of Ruth when Boaz and uh, there was one other person who had the right to redeem Ruth, and he took off his shoe and gave it to Boaz, showing submission and entering into, by his own free will, a covenant agreement that Boaz would be the one who would do it. And that uh, we know that by preparing, um, God will be preparing a celestial kingdom for us with fulfilling his part of the covenant I believe there's more to the foot washing ceremony in communion than we really understand right now, but I'm not going to try to study that. I want to just end with prayer and then play my little recording for you, and uh, then I'll just leave you for the day, and I will uh, pray God's blessing on you, my friend. So if you'll bow with me, dear Heavenly Father, I pray for those who are here with me this morning, that they'll overlook my puny efforts, and instead with their spirit, reach up to you to get some kind of an idea of your greatness and the reverence that we should be had in your presence. I pray, Lord, that you will guide them into a relationship with you where they have a, a reverence and a, a sense 
of how precious they are to you, but how great you are. Thank you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, my friends, I'm going to go play that now.